0: I find it kind of cool i can record this and you can hear i can hear music here but i don't think it will come up in this recording so i find that kind of impressive but recently i've been watching a lot of things like i've definitely been watching a lot of older shows and one of the shows i've been watching is friends friends has kind of been in the media lately because people have talked about how you couldn't do it today and everybody in the trans community freaks out about how Chandler reacted to his father and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, you do have to be realistic. Not everybody's going to be on board with that. And frankly, you don't need to ask the world to validate you. That's not a good thing. And frankly, you gotta realize that you need to just be you and not expect everybody to approve, expect everybody to validate you. It's just not gonna happen. And you're in for a very hard life if you're waiting on people to do that. But that being said, I ended up watching the entire friends series again and some of the episodes especially the later ones i had not seen since i first watched them when they came on nbc back in the day so i remember having friends night when i was in college back in my sorority days so it was like okay some of this i've not seen in a very very long time and one of the things that i came to and i definitely understand people's criticisms i definitely noticed the oh yeah there's the lack of diversity but You know, some of these people must not have been watching the side characters to make that remark. I mean, you didn't see it in the principal cast, but you definitely saw some of that with side characters and especially later on, you definitely saw it with side characters. But one of the big things that I have come to in terms of a conclusion is Ross Geller is a tool. And yes, I said he was a tool. Why do I say he's a tool? There's quite a few reasons where he's completely unsympathetic. If you start following friends. Like, first off, how he treated Emily was just shitty. Like, you know, he got engaged to her and he gave her the impression he wanted to marry her. And if you've seen Friends, you know that he goes to the wedding and then he says Rachel's name instead. And he basically seems to think that he can kind of play it both ways. And it's like, no, you can't, buddy. And it seems like they portray him as this upstanding guy. And Emily's this horrible person when she says, no, I don't want you to hang around Rachel. The woman you had a prior history with and whose name you called out at the altar instead of mine. They apparently made her as this bad person for saying, no, I don't want you hanging around this person. And when you watch it later on, you're like, that's a reasonable ask. And I think that makes perfect sense. But it's like the friend group gets all pissy and freaked out about it. And they're like, oh no, how can you tell me that I can't be friends with this person or they're part of childhood? And it's like, okay, you're way too enmesh there. And that's something I saw a lot of with friends. It's like, okay, some of you are way too enmeshed in each other's lives. So people need to have boundaries and you need to step up for that. So if we were talking about criticism of friends, that's definitely one I haven't seen as much of. I've heard more about lack of diversity. Oh, using homosexuality and trans stuff as a joke. I've seen those criticisms. But I haven't really seen the you're way too enmeshed in your friends' lives and you're basically portraying something that's not realistic because i remember definitely thinking that about breakups and i thought yeah we're definitely not going to be realistic and it wasn't realistic to me in terms of my breakups because even today my attitude is my exes are dead to me that's probably always going to be my attitude because i think unless you've got children with somebody they should be dead to you you shouldn't be best buddies with them. You don't have to go take trips together solo and do all this stuff that I hear about people doing. And I'm like, why did you break up in the first place? So that's one fine example of, we can say Ross Geller's a tool. Then there's the whole situation with Rachel, which when you look at Rachel, I don't know that she's the most sympathetic person either when you get down to it. So they have this baby together and later on, it's a question of, oh, we're not together, but we have this baby. And basically everybody asks them, well, why don't you get together? Why don't you just go and make Rachel an honest woman, Ross? What are you doing? What's your deal? And then Rachel gets the opportunity to get this wonderful dream job. And if you've not seen the ending of Friends, you're about to get a spoiler alert, so you may not want to hear this part. But then Ross basically interferes and tries to stop her from getting this job in Paris. And it's like, okay, Ross, what are you going to do for her? Are you going to get her a job? Are you going to house her and the baby? Are you going to marry her? What are you doing here? And if she's still interested in you, it's like, okay, what are you going to do for your kid? What are you doing for your career? So it's like nobody really thinks of that in terms of the finale. But then everybody's like, oh, and it's so sweet. And it's, oh, we have this happily ever after little fantasy. And I think I've always been the type of person where I feel like, okay, self-sufficiency rules the day. Self-sufficiency matters. And one of the reasons I feel that way is because I dated this guy and I've nicknamed him, I've nicknamed him Psycho Boy. That's how he is known in the annals of history. He is Psycho Boy. And the reason I call him Psycho Boy is that he was the first guy I had adult relations with, let's just say. And apparently he wasn't mature enough to handle that. So we both decided to have that with each other and we were each other's first. But apparently he decided that doing that with me meant that I wanted to have a lifetime commitment. Now keep in mind at the time I was 19 years old. I was a college student. He did not even have, I think he may have just gotten his high school GED or he didn't even have his GED. He had like a 10th grade education. He was working at a local grocery store and he had this car that was basically rotting in his parents driveway because he didn't have a driver's license. So apparently because of me, he ended up getting this GED or at least he was working on that. And then he got the driver's license so he could actually drive the car instead of having to ride his bike everywhere which I think that helped things a lot, him having this car and being able to do stuff. And it's like, okay, I'm this kick in the pants girl and I've motivated people to do stuff. But then this guy got hysterical and basically became obsessed. And I was like, okay, I'm 19 years old. You're the first person I've been involved with in that way. I'm not looking to do that. I was just looking to not be a 40-year-old virgin, okay? I'm looking to not be 60 years old and have my first time be with a rapist. I wanted to make that decision about my virginity and kind of have that choice, you know? So anyhow, he tells me about how he's going to move to Marietta. And I was living in Atlanta at that time going to undergrad. He came to visit me a couple of times at undergrad. And I remember one time he claimed that it was his fault that I barely passed my general chemistry exam I had the next week. And I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with me. And it has to do with me not really being able to grasp the subject and the professor being so difficult and all that stuff. And I took him, I remember I took him to this fraternity party and I thought, please, oh, please, let some Chi Omega girl sweep him off his feet. Let him find some blonde chick. Which, by the way, he had told me he preferred blondes, but apparently I was this big exception to him. But I was thinking, oh, please, 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 let some Chi Omega girl turn his head. Let him find some blonde goddess and forget all about me. I'm thinking, please ditch me. Please, God, let this man find somebody else and ditch me. Well, no, didn't happen that way. Instead, he got obsessed with me, like literally asked my parents about the state of our relationship was trying to confide in my sister and I think even got some allies in my family where they were like, oh, you led this guy on. Oh, you decided to have your first time with him. So now you've led him on because you're not giving him a future. I'm like, I'm not interested in having him move there for any other reason besides me so he can lord it over my head and pressure me into a commitment. And then when I'm not feeling it and I'm like, no, I don't want to do that, he decides to blame me and resent me for that. I'm like, people should make their own choices and they should do things because they want to do them, not because they're chasing someone. They need to have their own lives. They need to have their personal autonomy. So that experience definitely swayed me and has continued to sway me in life, I would say. Because my feeling is that you should want to do things because you want to do them. You should not give up your career. You should not give up your life. You shouldn't move cross-country for somebody because... You want to follow them. You should do it because you want to do it. And that even if that relationship ended or somebody decided they didn't want a future with you, you would still find peace and happiness in whatever route you took. In fact, I remember just thinking and I was terrified of this. I was like, I do not want this guy moving to Marietta. I don't want him not doing things out of positivity for himself. Because I honestly felt like if he moved to Marietta, it's like, okay, he's trying to force my hand into something that I'm not comfortable with. I am not trying to get married at this point where I'm 19 years old. I have just gotten into my second year of college and I'm trying to get an education and I'm trying to do all this stuff and I want to live in New York City someday and I don't know that this guy would wanted to li- would have wanted to live in New York City or would have felt comfortable with that. Like he definitely had the whole Southern accent thing going, that's for sure. He never said to me he wanted to live in New York someday. He never seemed to really want to do that. And if you think it's exhausting to deal with somebody who disagrees with you, imagine dealing with somebody who always agrees with you. And somebody who doesn't seem to develop their own interests. And somebody who is not having intellectual thought. And they're not stimulating you in that way. That can be nightmarish. And in fact, that's kind of what it was like dating this guy. It was like he was a total doormat. He was just a people pleaser. And I wanted somebody that could have an opinion even a difference of opinion that they would be able to support that opinion that they had intellectual depth and i remember that drove me crazy so when i've heard these stories about people going across the country and they've given up their careers and they've thrown their lives away for the possibility of some relationship i don't find that romantic i have never found it romantic in fact i feel like that's a manipulative tactic to force somebody's hand into a relationship that they may not even want and to something that may not even work out. So it's one thing if you've lived together for a while. You've decided you want to get married. You've had that foundation set up and you're already going to do that. But honestly, I feel like it's not romantic and it's not cool to tell somebody, oh, just give up your career. Give up your entire life. Give up your support network and go stay with me. Oh, go do this. Or give up your future. Give up your potential. To me, that's not cool. So I remember the ending of Friends really rubbed me the wrong way in that stuff. I was like, why the hell does she not just go to Paris, okay? Everybody would go to Paris. Are you kidding me? You would go and adapt. You would learn the language. You would adjust that. And if you had a child, it's like, yeah, they could probably become fluent in French right away. So you would have so many opportunities. And as a working mother, you'd get all these things that you would not get in the United States. So who the hell would turn that down? It's like, realistically, nobody would turn that down. So I definitely remember the ending of that rubbed me the wrong way. And I think that's kind of a toolish suggestion to tell somebody, Oh, give up your entire career or no, I'm not going to give up this person that I had a physical relationship with. And I had a prior involvement with, but I'm not engaged to, and I'm not getting married to, but I want you to join in that. And I want you to join in with my baby drama with this person too. It's like, how realistic are you? Or how unrealistic are you? That's what I would ask myself. So if you disagreed with me on this, prove to me that Ross Geller is not somehow a tool. How is that not toolish behavior to tell somebody, just give up your entire career for me. I'm going to chase you down. I'm going to hunt you down. It's not romantic to me. Or you're not being your best self, and I want you to kind of be trapped in a little box where you cannot expand and you cannot grow as a human being. So to me, that's a bit suffocating. That's not a positive friendship, and it's not a good thing to say, oh, go hang around your ex who you've had a bad breakup with and who you don't like and now we're going to subject you to this person all the freaking time. That doesn't work for me. So right now I'm watching my kitty cat. I actually did set up a YouTube channel for these two finally. I set up an email address to get that done and now I've got to set up the Instagram too so we can have the cute little kitty adventures. And believe me they do some very very cute things even though tsunami decided to leap on my leg on her way to the top of the couch and I thought oh it's a little bit scratchy it's all right she's just left a little mark it's not that deep but no I look down at my leg later on next thing I know I'm bleeding so I have to go get a big bandage and I have to get a little bandage where the big bandage sticky part will cover where this scratches and I'm like my god it looks like I got slashed with a knife or something it's crazy but I put the bandage on there and I said to the cat, I'm going to have to have words with you like I have with your sister about paws, not claws. And regardless, I adore these cats even though they get a little too clawish sometimes. They get a little too free with the claws, which we got to have words on. They got to realize they can't do that, but they're only a year old or so, so only like 13 months. So they've not been around in the world as much. They've not lived with their mommy as much. They got to learn. Eventually, they'll learn, I think. They're good kitties overall. They're very snuggly. And Tsunami's gotten even more snuggly with me lately, which I find so sweet and so endearing. But I find it interesting, like, having watched the remainder of Friends and having watched it again, I'm like, okay, I can understand people's critiques. I can understand their criticism of things. Now, I don't know about some of the fan theories, if those are true or not. I'm not, what I would say, a Friends fanatic. I can understand why people enjoy it, and there's definitely elements to like about the show. But there's definitely some stuff that I'm like, okay, this plot would not work for me at all. This is not romantic. This is just dickish. Definitely the ending, I feel, totally fits that. But it's like, yeah, there's stuff that is good about it, too. And as I said before, if some people want to whine about offense, these people should really see that show from the 70s family. If you watched Family, trust me, Friends is like completely trite and it is meaningless in terms of offense compared to the offense of family, okay? Now, family is supposed to be a drama, which might even make that worse because it's not even a comedy. We're not just joking about things in life. We're not just taking absurdity and bringing it to the nth level. We're doing like an actual drama. So some of this stuff apparently might have happened in the real life experience of living in the 70s. I don't know. Like I'm sure sexual harassment of people and telling them, well, you're going to have to come across in order to advance in your career. That might have happened. Those parental conversations may well have taken place. I don't know. Or people not really mourning the dead girl who committed suicide or having some kind of memorial or discussion or tribute to her or anything at all. That very well probably happened. I don't think we even did much of that when I was going to high school, as a matter of fact. I don't know of anybody that committed suicide, but I did have a classmate who dropped dead from a brain aneurysm one day, just as they were doing basketball practice. I don't think we ever had any moments of silence. We never got the day off. We never had a memorial, any kind of tribute to him. Although later on, we did have acknowledgement of him when we graduated. I'm pretty sure at every class reunion, there's been acknowledgement of him, which he would deserve. I remember he was in my class in fourth grade. He didn't give me a hassle. So I'm like, as far as I'm concerned, he's a decent guy. I don't know him that well. But he wasn't an asshole to me. So it's all good. But seriously, I think that is a terrible idea to give up your life. Give up who you are. Giving up your identity. Like even my ex-husband and I had talked about how he had all these comic books. And he dated this girl who wanted him to get rid of them. I said, I don't care how many comic books you have at all. I just care about you not having our furniture be replaced with the comic book boxes. And I don't want you keeping things that you'd be happy if they perished in a fire. But otherwise, any books you want to have, that's fine. Like, he didn't bitch at me about having clothing. And if somebody did that, I think we would have a major problem there. So I felt like, who am I to tell him he can't have comic books if he's not over here telling me you can't have clothes of varying styles and colors and occasions that you might not wear every single day. So, I know his mother was kind of hardcore about that sort of thing. And apparently like this, this ex-girlfriend because I think she assisted him on cleaning his cousin's bedroom one time and all this stuff. So, she was probably all big about, oh yeah, pick the girl that wants you to get rid of your comic books. Not the girl that said it doesn't matter. But that's neither here nor there. That's sort of a separate thing. I did set up a nice little cat toy, the last cat present for my kitty cats yesterday. They've got this nice little plastic track that has a ball in there that if they tap it, it should tap, it should glow. Like it should do lights. Nice little light show. They were impressed with it at first, but I don't know that they're impressed with it now. I think now they're just looking at me irritated. Like, where's my food? Where's my food? Certainly the one cat's looking at me at the moment. Cause she's been hanging around, but we'll see. Looks like now I'm just going to go feed these two and try my best to figure out employment stuff, crazy job crap. That's a whole other separate rant in itself. But anyhow, I hope things are going well for you folk.